All right, welcome back to another episode of What Does It Take? Uh, today, my guest is Yureni Roman. Yureni, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you, Mr. Grant? I'm great. I'm great. I'm excited for the day. Um, so you're a senior here at Wheeling now. So how has your uh, senior year been going? Um, it's definitely been different. Not what I've expected, but definitely making the best out of it. I've been able to create my own schedule, my own routine every day, which is something I wasn't able to do before, before school created my own routine. But now with um, COVID-19, I have more time to do a lot of things that prior I couldn't do. And I've been able to relax more, 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 sorry, more, more self-care. And honestly, even though it's not what I expected, I've definitely been making the best out of it. Awesome. So when you say like more self-care and kind of developing your own routine, can you go expand on that a little bit? What is, what is uh, that self-care part look like for you? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So when um, the pandemic wasn't a thing, I would be really focused in school. I'd take, I'd stress myself out a lot, let's just say. And honestly, I didn't really take care of myself. I'd just go and go and go. And honestly, at a point, I feel like I was going to burn out. But with the pandemic, I was able to slow things down, be able to have more time to myself, no sports, no activities. So I was honestly just like able to relax and then able to, um, just do things for myself, going to shop. Let's one day just going to shop by myself or just having a day where I get to uh, put a face mask on. That was self-care. That's what self-care was for me, which honestly I didn't get to do as much before. So, yeah. Yeah. So you're involved in a lot of things here at Wheeling High School. So definitely time became more of, you know, you're able to use more of your time for yourself the way you want to use it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about some of the things you're involved in here at Wheeling High School? Yeah, so okay, so um, I've done, I've been part of the track team for three years now going into four. I've also been a part of the cheer team at Wheeling, um, the winter team for four years, and then technically uh, the football team now would be two years since I was going to do it my senior year, or our is I am going to since football season is postponed till like next month. And then I've also been part of the fine arts program, have been in orchestra. And then I've also done activities such as NHS, CAPAC, the Lit Lab. Awesome. Hold on one second here, Yureni. I got a, I got a visitor. I'll be right with you.
Oh, I'm sorry, Yurani. Apologize for the, <laughs> the the break there, but um, we were. To, what, remind me where we were at. I'm sorry. Um, so yeah, you were asking me about what activities I've done at Wheeling. Okay, and you went through those. So now what I want to do is let's let's go back in time a little bit and let's talk a little bit about how you started to get involved with with music or um, or athletics in general. Uh, yeah. So. Um, like athletics has always been part of my family. Growing up, my dad did play basketball. So he'd always be in like the men's league and stuff. So I would always see him doing that. And then with um, music, it just started in fourth grade. Um, they came, they're like, oh, like if you want to play an instrument, I was like, yeah, like, yeah, I'll play an instrument. And then ever since it's just stuck. But with um, athletics, it definitely started with running. I went to Twain and then our gym teacher, Mr. Oberman, was super big on like making sure that every kid like did everything right, like ran, like gave it their all. So definitely started with Mr. Oberman in the fifth grade. And also I was big with um, cross country at first. So it'd be a lot of miles and stuff. That's what I definitely started with. And then actually um, in fifth grade, <laughs> I have my elementary school's um, long jump record. So that's how track started and everything. So then uh, we moved on to middle school and then track was a big thing there too. Like we all ran track. I ran track all through middle school and then cheer wasn't really introduced until um, like seventh, eighth grade. I had a friend who um, used to tumble when I was in like seventh grade, but that wasn't like something really known to me because I don't, I don't know, I just didn't really know of it. But um, so then I decided to start taking tumbling classes with my friend, but then I didn't know that once I started high school that that was going to be needed for cheer. But so yeah, so I did palms in middle school, which is a bit different than cheer. And then moving on to cheer, it's when it started freshman year. All right, awesome. Well, that's a great story. So you were always kind of, enjoyed athletics it sounds like you were fairly good good at it right away you set some records at twain world record holder for twain elementary <laughs> that's that's cool um i'm sure mr oberman would love to hear that he um uh that you were he influenced your life and, and your your passion for those things it's um definitely teachers love to hear that stuff um so very cool so it just kind of started with running and blossomed into these other things um and now before we before we started recording, you were kind of saying that cheer is, is something you're super passionate about. So how did that how did that start to grow? How did you go from maybe being like a runner and a track athlete to like, you know, cheer is really the thing that that excites me the most? Yeah, definitely. Um, we spent I don't know, it's just the dynamic between being a runner being part of the track team and then being part of the cheer team is way different for cheer. We definitely, I definitely had to learn to be part of a team. Everything that we did basically depended on each other. There wasn't just a part where it was just one individual stuck out. It was always, we stuck out as a team if we ever did, but not as an individual, an individual might have better skills, but that doesn't matter when we're competing as a team. So definitely my excitement grew as I got closer with the girls. I was excited to see those girls at practice. We, the bond we created in cheer was what made me excited to go to practice, being able to see my teammates, being able to um, not even just be at practice with my teammates outside of practice. We made sure to create a bond, not, a bond, not just in practice, but 
outside of practice, some of my best friends come from cheer. So definitely another reason why I was excited. Also the drive that everyone had, we all wanted to be great. So definitely that is exciting. A team that wants to be great is something that is exciting to be part about because not every team wants to be great. Yeah, that's definitely true. You know, um, and it's, it's interesting, you know, you're, you're going to be episode number 17 right here um, or right around there. And every kid I've talked to, if they're a track runner or um, an individual sport, a wrestler, um, you know, they love the individuality of it. It's like, well, I can, I can kind of control my own destiny. When I talk to football players and volleyball players and cheerleaders, they all say, well, I have to depend on others. So it's this interesting kind of dynamic where some people really like depending on themselves only. And some people really like the idea of everybody around me has to do their part in order for me to be successful or for our team to be successful. So it's very cool, very interesting. Um, how many Wheeling students kind of say like, I really like being part of a team and having that team experience. And then not only being a great teammate, but being good friends as well. Um, and having that social aspect. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so what is your favorite part about performing in anything, whether it's music or athletics or cheer or whatever it is you're doing? What do you like about performing in front of people? Um, definitely the adrenaline. I'm not really an adrenaline like type of person. There's some people who love the adrenaline, but when it comes to performing or just getting out, like the adrenaline makes it go so fast that like, I can't even remember what happened, which then I look back and I'm like, oh, like I was able to accomplish this. Like I was able to do this and that. And when it comes to cheer and then when it comes to running, I was like, wow, like my adrenaline really pushed me through and I was able to make the race. So definitely my favorite part is the adrenaline. Um, I'm not usually someone who does say that because I like to be more safe, more, just more laid back and stuff, but definitely when it comes to performing, it would be the adrenaline. I definitely enjoy just the rush of it when I'm running or when I'm performing, making it like what's coming next and stuff. But yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's like a sense of a lot of times people connect adrenaline with like danger or, or doing something wrong, you know, and you get that, uh, that kind of nervous adrenaline that's like negative. And with performing, you kind of, you've done this a bunch of times, you're being as safe as possible, you know, you're not doing anything like wrong. And so that adrenaline can then turn into um, that positive adrenaline, like you're talking about, where it's, it's super fun and, and you're excited. It's like an excited adrenaline. Um, that's definitely a very cool, very uh, um, good way to think about it and getting jacked up before, before you have to do something. Um, so the next one I want, it's just a fill in the blank answer, and then you can kind of explain what you mean. Um, and I just want to see kind of what comes to your head. So uh, cheerleading is like blank. Mm, cheer <laughs> wow, a simile. Um, cheer <laughs> cheerleading is like, wow. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, cheerleading is like, I don't know, let's see, a, a trampoline. So let's see, let's see why I said a trampoline. Um, that just reminded me of cheer, but, <laughs> and I can see one from my backyard. So that's what reminded me of cheer, but it just reminded me of cheer because we spend so much time on, in like the cage and stuff with the spring floor, and then you can practice your skills on a trampoline. So that's what reminded me of cheer. Okay, <laughs> for sure. Um, 
yeah, definitely trampolines are needed. When you said trampoline, I was thinking you were going to say something about going down and then going up, uh, maybe an emotional roller coaster. But I like your your literal literal interpretation. Well, that too, actually, going up, going down with cheer. There's a lot of things that can go up and go down. Honestly, yeah, wait, actually, yeah, let me, that was a good, that was a good way of thinking of it. Okay, well, let's see, now let me relate it. Um, yeah, definitely with cheer, there's a lot of up and ups and downs with cheer. Um, a stunt can look good one day. We can be all hitting one day because we work in stunts, so those are just the same four people with every stunt. And if not, and if it's not working with your stunt group, you can work, oh, sorry. So we work on the stunt. If it doesn't hit, we try to switch things around. And then once it starts hitting consistently, that is your stunt group. And there's a lot of downs with that because even though you are hitting consistently, there's days where that stunt group who always hits doesn't hit for some reason. And it's like, you guys have been hitting the whole season, like what's different this time? And we have to go, we have to break it down, go through the motions again, make sure that every little step that was practiced when season started, we have to practice it all over again, even if it's once uh, one week before sectionals to make sure that it is right again. So definitely a lot of downs with that because we have to make sure that every stunt is always perfected in a way, because if it's not perfected that we don't know if it's going to hit at our next competition. But then there's also a lot of highs because with the Wheeling High School cheer team, it's definitely a program that has improved over the years. It definitely wasn't at its best years prior and we've tried to build the program up. So definitely a lot of highs with that because even though we didn't get first place at a competition, us getting 10th place means the world means the world to us because that's never been done at Wheeling or we've never been part of it. So there's definitely a lot of highs with that being able to place better or being able to improve our score actually because we were always in the 70s and one competition specifically we hit the 80s which we had never done before is something that we were so proud of and honestly one of the best things that happened at Cheer Selected Trampoline. There's ups and then there's downs but then there was a down where at sectionals, although we did throw our best performance, our scores didn't really demonstrate that. And we were kind of upset. But then with that, there was another high of, well, we did throw our best performance and we do feel good about ourselves. So it is always a roller coaster up and down like a trampoline. Awesome. Yeah. And I've talked to some other girls that are on the cheer team. They've kind of said, mirrored some of those things you said about you know improving and, and even though 10th place maybe to some teams isn't very good but to wheeling it, it's awesome i wanted to go back to just just a quick question about you're saying like we usually hit somewhere in the 70s and one time we actually got in the 80s which was really really good score is it out of 100 what do you mean by 70s and 80s how does this yeah. work? so the scores broke down into different sections and it is out of 100 but near like no team hits 100 because there's sure. here's really Cheers really subjective, let's just say. There's three coaches, and based on those three, uh, I mean, three judges, I think, for the most part, yeah, three or two judges. And they, um, they're, when you're performing, they're um, judging your routine on the spot, and then they go into a room or whatever, and then they like compare your scores and like average them. So basically, it's broke down into jumps, pyramid, motions, um, tumbling, execution, dance facials so there's a lot of categories but the most important ones would be jumps motions um tumbling and stunts and pyramids sorry and then basically those are out of like 10 they're like more 
like have more points whereas ex- executions are only like a few points like one or two so I like don't know the exact numbers but yeah so then you get scored based on that and then that can vary because sometimes we'll throw higher skills so we improve as we um, go up the score list so let's say one competition of uh, stunt drops, then we're able to correct that because a stunt is a one point deduction. If one stunt drops, it's a one point deduction. And then they count to any deductions you have. And then also, um, and it scored, uh, if, so yeah, like I said, it, as you improve, the score goes up, but then it also can be subjective because one judge can think the dance was really good. And then the creativity, oh, creativity is another part of our score list, which some judges like uh, creativity might mean something to me, but it might mean something else to you. So then that's definitely a really subjective part about you where one judge can judge the creativity really high and then one cannot. So, yeah. For sure. Yeah. So definitely hearing more about the scoring and stuff is, is like, it's like overwhelming to hear. Like as a, as an adult person who kind of understands a lot of those things, it's like, oh my gosh, there's all of these things that you're trying to keep in mind while you're also trying to, um, perform something that's very difficult. Uh, it's definitely, definitely sounds very, very tough and, and, uh, something that, um, I know you guys work on really hard. Um, moving on though, what, what do you think is your, your pet peeve about cheerleading? Something that maybe, uh, irritates you a little bit. Uh, what irritates me it's when, um, half of our teammates want to be there and then half of them don't and you can just tell and then the attitude that they bring to the team is just like you can feel it and like it just makes you like not want to be there also because not everyone wants to be and it's the thing with like if you want to be there like if you don't want to be there you don't have to like as I said, like we are a team. So anything that affects a person, it affects the rest of the team. So that definitely one that definitely be one of my pet peeves. Like if you don't want to be there, like you don't have to, like, it just brings the whole team down the whole vibe, the whole, the practice just feels weird in general when someone just doesn't want to be there. And then they're just there with like, not, not, not smiling all the time. Cause you're not going to smile all the time, but just like the way that they bring themselves about and like, just like, you can not, yeah. I think you can tell in anything. And I think that happens with everything uh, that anything skill-based um, where there's people who, for whatever reason, it starts to get hard and they don't want to do it or, or they're frustrated. Now, when you say they don't want to be there, are you talking about a girl who maybe um, shows up on day one and is kind of, you can tell from day one is, is just going through the motions. Or are you saying, you know, once in a while people have bad days and, and we just can't have a bunch of people coming in having a bad day because then it starts a, a big issue. What do you, I mean more like the same like not the same person but like the same people who like yeah at first they did want to be there you could see that they wanted to be there and then like halfway through the season like every day is just the same attitude the same constant like you can tell that they don't want to be there the same like ugh, or like making little comments on the side where no one can see or like just like when like the coaches are turn around they'll be like ugh, or like you know just rolling their eyes to like any like little like remark that someone makes like those type of teammates that it's always like people always have bad days and that's okay you know as a team like we have to be there through those we have to be there for those people and stuff but those people who don't want to be there and just like show up with the same attitude every day is like my pet peeve so what do you think causes that what do you think causes kids to be like, hey, I want to be, you know, I want to be a cheerleader. And then maybe you're three, four weeks in to the season and it's not brand new. It's not the beginning anymore. And, and kids start getting that 
that attitude? What do, what do you think brings that on? Um, it definitely is the environment. I feel like last year during our cheer season, we had like four girls quit and three of them was because of the environment. And I feel like, I don't know, it's just sometimes people don't want to be there. Um, we really did try to talk things out. And like for some students, it is the environment. And I feel like that is for like many people, they just feel like the environment they're in isn't what they want to be in, or they just don't like the people who are on the team, which is also a really big um, problem that happens in a lot of teams where they have a bad attitude just because someone that they don't like is there. And honestly, I feel like some students need to put that aside and just realize that they're not there to be their friend. They're be to be the teammate and just to be their own individual also. And if it's a team where um, you don't have to really interact with that person, like, okay, just stay out of their way. And if it's, it is a team where you have to interact, you just have to be friendly. They're not gonna be your friend. They're just, gonna, they're your acquaintances for the moment. So I feel like a lot of students need to put that aside once they bring that attitude, because if they bring that attitude and like give it to the whole team, it's just not a good team environment. Interesting. So you're kind of saying like, well, there's a social aspect to it of being part of the team and, and you have to be able to kind of connect and get along with the other people on the team. Do you think there's any um, result-based um, kind of issues where maybe I didn't get the spot I wanted or the team's not doing as well as I, I had hoped we would be doing. And so I'm really frustrated and now I'm just going to be in a bad mood because I was hoping we would have a better season. Does, do you think any of that plays a role? Yeah, no, that, that for sure does play a role because that has happened to our teams. Like being part of many different teams that has happened. Like we all just got frustrated and like just flat out just don't have good practices. But honestly, with like the type of like teammates I'm talking about, it's more of like the attitude, just like it's not like being, it's different being frustrated and everyone else being frustrated and everyone else, and everyone else like understanding why you are frustrated. Whereas it's like, where it's just attitude and just like, just like, I don't know. It's just like, I don't know. I feel like you need to feel it where it's like, it's not the same, like when you're frustrated or when you're just having a bad day or just like something that's going on with like a few practices. Whereas like when someone just doesn't flat out want to be there, but it's just there because they I guess, I don't know, don't know how to quit or just can't leave the team. It's, I feel like it's a way different like environment and like way different vibe. Whereas like, it's okay to be frustrated. Like we always talk about it as a team that if we're frustrated, we have to talk it out, talk it out. And we have talked it out because there's been many moments where we have been frustrated. Certain individuals, our team captains last year would talk it out when they're frustrated with us because we weren't accomplishing what we were supposed to. We weren't doing as good as we should be doing. So that is definitely different than just like flat out, just having an attitude during practice. Interesting. So um, is there anything you think coaches could do to maybe have a, you know, have a better, develop a better culture, a better um, environment throughout a season? And I'm not saying your coaches um, aren't doing that, but I'm like, what I'm getting at is like, this is an issue, I think, with a lot of teams, not just at Wheeling High School, but anywhere where you have those bumps in the road and sometimes for whatever reason, those bumps, whether it's a social issue within the team or result-based or whatever it is, can really drive some people into the ground. And how can coaches, how do you think coaches can, can kind of keep people from getting too high and excited and too low and down um, throughout, throughout a season? 
Yeah, no, definitely. I feel like coaches should encourage the team talking more. I feel like when we talk as a team and we're able to express how we feel, it definitely works a lot better. And not with the coaches, actually, without the coaches talking as a team without the coaches definitely has helped. Like we've, I, my, the cheer team actually did that last year. We had no coaches. Uh, there was a lot of emotions, like, being felt and we talked as a team without our coaches. So I definitely think that coaches should encourage the athletes to talk without them and just express their emotions. And then if, if they actually do have a problem to talk to the coaches sooner, encourage that welcoming environment where it's okay that I'm not always like strict. I'm not always gonna tell you guys that you guys need to do this. I feel like coaches need also to be a bit more understanding to show two sides, the at practice one where like, yeah, like we need to go, we need, it's a driven practice and stuff. We're a driven team but also the outside part where it's just like we're having a team bonding moment and just to be um tell them like tell the athletes like we're more understanding like I'm always here if you guys need to talk like if there's anything I like if there's something wrong please like come to me and honestly I feel like it's really just important that the coaches allow those two sides to be brought out to the team not just like the hard-working one that we need to do this we need to place at this competition but also the I'm always here if you guys need anything and like, please come talk to me if like there is something going on because I also feel like that's really important because some athletes do really trust their coaches. So that's definitely a really important role when it comes to like fixing or like helping like improve that dynamic with those uh, athletes who don't feel like they want to be at practice. Interesting. So, so you think you feel like as a whole team putting ownership on the team and the kids within the team, that's how those types of problems can really get solved. And sometimes if the coach wants to handle it, you know, everyone just kind of nods and agrees with coach, right? If, especially if coach is upset, you're just trying to get through the conversation and survive. But if you guys could sit down together and talk about it without the coach there and you have ownership and accountability and you guys could really hash it out, you think that's the best way. And that's, that's really interesting because that's something I, as a coach, I've never done, but I'm, I might now try. Um, and then if kids have individual problems, coach handles those because they come to you with those problems. Um, yeah. Wow. Those are really good thoughts. you I like that. Um, very, very cool. So keeping on kind of the, the, the uh, area of coaching, well, what kind of coach do you think or teacher or anyone, what kind of, coach gets the most out of you definitely a coach that gives constructive criticism when they like for me I love a coach who is able to like tell me to fix something but in a way where it's like you like you need to do it better or like you need to improve this way or that way like you're any like you know, you could maybe like switch this position or you can maybe go a little higher. That definitely like works for me as an athlete or, and as a student, just someone who's always there for me. Like, I know that if I have something to say, like they'll listen to me, that's definitely important. And like, for me, trust is definitely a big important thing where teachers, adults, anything like that, because if I feel comfortable enough, enough to come to you, I'll know I'll, I'll perform well. Or like, if I know, like at school, if, if I know I can ask questions, then I'll know that like, I'm comfortable in that class as an athlete with my coaches, definitely. Like if I know that the over time, obviously the trust builds over time, but as an athlete, like with my, all the coaches I've had, like, I've, I, I just like, 
a trusting relationship is a good relationship. Like not just being also like being able to like joke around sometimes. Definitely a big part. Like during track, like Noah used to mess around with me all the time. Like, and I like that. Like he just wasn't a coach where like he'd coach me just individually. He'd also just like, you know, be himself around us sometimes, you know, be goofy, like, you know, just play around, joke around. That definitely is also something that I think that as an athlete, I enjoy and definitely like for uh from a coach. But yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I've, um, you know, the more I ask kids about it, it, it seems like there's two different, there's kind of two different styles of, you know, some kids like, like you, I was a lot like you where tell me what I did. Well, tell me what I need to work on and, uh, you know, give me the tools I need and, and let's build a relationship and, and move forward. And, and I'm going to do everything I can. I'm, I'm busting my butt as hard as I can. I don't really need to be pushed. I can't, go much harder than I'm going. And there's other kids who will say like, I need someone to see my face. That's going to, you know, yell at me and, and get me revved up and, and get me uh, really ready to go. And it's interesting just to hear like that, that everyone kind of has these two schools of thought. I haven't really heard anyone outside of that, but it's always like, what do I need? How do I get better? Or someone who's like, I need it for almost like an emotional push, like an emotional mm-hmm. push of, of someone who's going to really get on my case and, and make me go harder than I think I can. Um, so definitely, uh, definitely very cool relationships, super important. I think, um, you know, I'm a little older now, but the more I go, the more I coach, you know, this is my like 11th year of, of coaching and not being an athlete. The more I see like the relationships, the most important part. If you have a relationship with a kid, it doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. They're going to, they'll go, and fight their butt off for you. If, if you, if they, if they like you and believe in you and know you have their best interest in mind. Um, so what I want to do now is kind of move into some more mental questions and and talk about kind of your approach towards, um, competition. And, um, the first one is how would you define success? I define success, just not being happy with yourself. Yeah. I'd say just success well it depends what aspect of my life I'm talking about so like when it comes to sport it's just knowing that I gave it my all and that as a like as an individual I feel good then I feel successful I feel like I did my part definitely if it be in school it just (laughs) school is a way different environment than just being at practice because with school I'm really hard on myself so I kind of need to just do really well. So with school, it's a bit different. I have different expectations because with sports, it's my outlet where I get to like, just not relax, but like, it's a different environment than school. And then with my life, just, it's just, I'm really hard on myself with my life, but just with like different aspects of my life, I define success differently. Let's just say, yeah. So it sounds like in sports, you kind of like, you're focused on the performance and doing your best, right? And in, I'm going to take a guess here, but I, I think I'm going to be pretty close. In school, you're more results-based. So yeah. if you don't get an A on something, you're upset. Even if you studied really hard and did all the things you're supposed to do, you're more results-based. Um, why do you think that is? Why do you think you're results-based with school? Uh, with school, 
I, I wish I knew, but it's all individual. Like it's all on myself. Like my parents have never told me like, you need to bring straight A's home. Like it's always been like, I've always been self-driven with school. Like I know that I want to do it. And like you said, if I don't get an A, even though I did study, like it does really upset me. And it's something that like I've said, I've had to work on because I'm always obviously not always going to get an A, which kind of like bumps me out sometimes but you know like I have to I have to accept that but I don't I, I don't know why like the dynamic is different because it's sports it's just like like you said I'm really like oh like performance based like if I did good enough performance that I do feel successful but it's school it's like I'm really result based like I really do wish like I knew why it was so different like I actually don't know why I'm like that well there's there's a couple things that come to my mind and maybe I'm right maybe I'm wrong but number one is like what we were talking about earlier, which like cheerleading, all those other things that you do, you're part of a team. And so your individual performance isn't always indicative of how the team is going to score. So even though you did your best, you prepared, you, you feel ready, you did everything you could and the team doesn't do well. Um, you know, you know, you can, you know, that it, you did everything you could. Whereas with, um, school it's individual you're not thinking about other people you're thinking about just yourself and why didn't I do this how come I did all the work but it didn't turn out the way that I wanted it to turn out and so sometimes we can be a lot harder on ourselves when it's just on us you know when it's just on me and the other thing I was thinking as you were saying that is you probably have a very high obviously it's a high bar but a very high bar for your academics and I'm assuming that is because you have some high goals for yourself after high school. So, you know, in a lot of kids who really like straight, want to get straight A's, not really like straight A's, but want to get straight A's usually have that bar. So what are the things you you're thinking about for yourself after high school? Yeah. So uh, right now, like, I'm like, kind of like, if one doesn't work out the other. So right now I'm thinking psychology with a specialty in either industrial organizational psychology or clinical psychology or being a data analyst. Okay, yeah. So you've really put some thought into it. Those are some big words there. Uh, when I was a senior in high school, I, I wouldn't have known what cl clinical, I don't, I still don't think I know what the first one you said was. Um, what was that? industrial organizational psychology what is that it's okay so it's basically like how helping like different like offices or different like firms like helping the workers improve the work environment so knowing like if there's anything wrong or like if they're like unhappy or just like if they're not producing what they should be like making sure that they're like like their needs are met and like making sure to like boost that work environment so you could be a happy worker. <laughs> I think we need a lot more people like that. We need you in that field. Um, so, you know, I, I think moreover, it's probably you want to you want to do that. You want to get involved in psychology, and uh, I think you want to be really good at it. Just from talking with you for thirty minutes, that not only do I want to get into this, not only do I want to do this, but I want to do really darn. I want to be one of the best. Um, and it, it adds a different amount of stress or a different level of stress where you're kind of more focused on that when really it's not different. You should, from, from my research, you should kind of try to approach both the same, even though maybe you have a little more stock in how you do academically because um, you have high goals and high aspirations for yourself. And um, um, that's really good stuff. That's really cool. Um, I think uh, I think you'll you'll get there too. 
especially hearing about how you how all the things you're involved in and how you approach it and uh that's really cool so definitely and i just like i've tried but i feel like if i go at it the same like i'll just like it'll it'll just be bad for myself because if i like look like approach both the things the same way both of the activities school and activities it just would not act well for myself sure well maybe maybe saying the word the same isn't isn't right but like a similar type of of focus where it's, it shouldn't be on the result. My focus needs to be on the process and maybe I need to put more into the process of preparing. And if I don't get that a, that I want, well, what more could I have done? And if you go, well, I did everything ever. I can't even think of something else I could do. Well, then you have to be happy with that B because you, you really put a lot of time in and it would be really hard to get an A, but if you can think I could have done this, I could have done that. I could have done a few more things then next time, you know, you got to do those things, you know, and that in my experience can help alleviate some of that frustration and stress, knowing like ah, I kind of slacked off a little bit and that's why it dropped. So just a little words of wisdom from coach current, hopefully. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So what do you think are some of your strengths as far as in academics or in, in sports? Yeah, um, I'm very driven. That's definitely one of my bare strengths. Um, not just in school, but also in sports, like which year, like I, as I said, like I didn't start off to like my freshman year. I barely started tumbling. I don't know what tumbling was, but definitely like that outside practice, like for cheer, I took uh, tumbling classes outside of like school or just cheer in general to like improve my skills. So definitely very driven because even if it's not in school like I'll make sure to work at I'll make sure to work outside of school to accomplish my goals um I'm also um let's see very well driven and motivated would be the same thing I'm also very diligent with myself with school I make sure that everything is turned on and like on time like I the word missing would like crush my soul, like a missing assignment with like, I don't, I don't know what I'd do with myself or just like even missing practice. Like for me, like commitment is also a huge, one of my strengths. Like if I'm committed to something, I'll be there. Like I can't like at school, I think I've missed like two periods and that's because my mom made me get out of school or like with practices, like I've always been there. Like I'm always the athlete who's always at practice unless like I have an orchestra concert or something that's out of my hands. Like I always make sure to commit because I feel like that's also really important. So definitely being diligent, being driven and um, what was my other, uh, uh, committed are my strengths. Those are great strengths to have. And, and um, you know, it feels like kind of like a buzzword now but the word discipline, you know, uh, when you say committed you know, what I, from your description, it made me think you're, you're committed. You, you, you do all the right things all the time. Even, you know, there's definitely days I'm sure where it's like, oh, like I do not want to do this homework assignment or I don't want to, uh, I can't believe I have to write this paper right now. I'm so not in the zone for it, but you get it done anyway. And that is one of the most important skills I think there is on planet earth um, is to be able to be committed and be disciplined. So th those are excellent strengths. What are some areas you think you could do a little bit better with? Yeah, so definitely with that, with the getting myself stressed out is definitely an area that I need to be better at. Um, I just stress myself out for the smallest things. I feel like I also 
although I am not a procrastinator, I feel like I should do things earlier than I do. Just attack things earlier than just like, I don't know, like the day before. Although I do get it done, like I feel like I need to start earlier because it just gives like, it's just peace. Like you're at peace if you start things earlier and just like know that you got it done. So definitely one of my weaknesses starting things like the day before and like not knowing I can start it earlier and I don't and then stressing myself out. And then honestly, sometimes just like being a pessimist, like, although like I am like, yeah, like driven everything, but sometimes I just look, expect the worst. So then I also need, that's definitely one of my weaknesses. I need to be more positive, more like just a more positive outlook at life. I always say that I'm realistic to not make it seem as bad when I see when I say that I am a pessimist. But I say I'm realistic, but definitely I need to be more positive. That's something I do need to work on and just like expect better outcomes than I do right now. Yeah, for sure. That's a, that's a tough one too. It's a definitely something that's very difficult is when things aren't going good to be like, ah, it's going to turn around, you know, um, for sure. But those are good things to know about yourself, where, where you're really strong and things you can get better at. And um, definitely starting things earlier. I know what you mean when you're like, oh, there's like this piece. I like the way you were talking about it too. Like you sound like a wrestler, like I got to attack things earlier. Um, that's really cool um, for sure. Um, so where do you think your confidence comes from? Mm, my confidence definitely comes from my dad. My dad's just a very confident person, more of a like, like he, I don't know. He's just the way he carries himself. He's proud of his work. He's proud of his job. He's proud of everything he's accomplished. So definitely my dad is my role model. So definitely my confidence comes from him because he's always taught me since I was little, like you can do it. Like, like there's nothing you can't do. Like, don't say you can't do it. Like, I remember sitting in the table when I was like seven, my dad's like, you can do this math problem. I'd be like, no, I can't do it. Start crying. Cause I was a little seven year old, not knowing how to do this, but my dad would push me. He'd be like, no, you're any, like you can do it. Like, just go at it. Or like, I'll help you. Like, I'll be here to help you. Just don't give up. So definitely a lot of my confidence comes from my dad because he's always taught me not to give up and just keep going at it. So yeah, definitely for my dad. Wow, that's that's great. That's great to hear um, that you have that great relationship with him, and and you know he's helped push you. I had a um, similar relationship with my with my dad too, and, and um, as far as like wrestling went, and um, uh, it's it's always cool to have have kind of that deep deeper bond with a family member that um, can push you to that next level. Um, so, what do you think gets? Uh, how do you get the most out of a training session? Um, you get the most out of a training session if you're there. Like if you're not just like physically there, but mentally there. If you're not, if you're just physically there, but not mentally, like it's like you're not even there. So I feel like in order to get the best out of like a training session, you both have to be mentally and physically there. Because if, if you're able to do that, then you're able to really understand what's going on, being able to grasp everything around you, and then actually working towards that training that you're doing. So definitely being mentally and physically there would be big to me. Yeah, for sure. And that kind of almost touches back to what you were saying earlier about like people that don't want to be at practice. Like that's the biggest kind of one of the bigger challenges is you have people who are mentally checked out for whatever reason, because they're not getting along with other people on the team or they're not getting the things that they want or the team's not doing as well as they want. 
and then the team suffers even more because now they're not really getting anything out of the practices. They're, they're kind of sabotaging the practices. Yeah, we always have this saying, any problem you have, anything that's going on, you leave it outside of the mat. Once you enter this mat, everything else, it's outside of the door. Yeah, I've, and I've heard that from um, some other girls that I've interviewed as well, that and they've kind of said the same thing, that you have to leave, you, you leave your problems at the door and you got to deal with them afterwards. But for this 90 minutes or two hours that we have here, you're, you got to be zoned in on what we're doing. And I think uh, a lot of sports you know, my high school wrestling coach used to say that I've, I've said it before, but it sounds like the cheerleading team really has that zoned in and maybe it's, it's like a mantra, a daily mantra or something um, that you guys go through. Um, so I want to move a little bit more into some, what I call bigger picture questions. And we touched on some of these already. Um, but what do you think is different about being a Wheeling high school's student athlete compared to kids from other schools? Definitely um, the culture and the team aspect that we bring. We, I feel like in other schools, you don't see that they're as close or they're just there because they'll know they're, they'll perform. They're, they know they're going to do good. They're just there to work through the motions, make sure that they get everything done. But as a wheeling athlete, I've gotten the chance to be part of a more like teams that technically are more part of like the winning culture, like the track team, the girls track team does really well. Our cheer team has definitely improved. And there's other programs at Wheeling where they might not do as well, but definitely we all bring that team aspect. Like we want to be there. We're very driven because we, some of us didn't get the same opportunities as other students in those other high school that they've been doing their sports since they were like five. So definitely as a a wheeling student we definitely bring the motivation uh we're all very driven because we all want to make sure that we bring we um perform better at every game maybe we don't win every game or we don't win every competition or something but we all make sure that uh we improve i feel like uh, that is definitely something that at wheeling's very um highlighted that we all make sure that we always want to improve and we're very driven as a whole school I feel like that's definitely one of our biggest strengths that we're all very driven and that we want to improve awesome yeah um it, just to kind of summarize for myself here so it sounds kind of like you're like hey you know we all here at Wheeling we learned how to do this together and, and at other schools a lot of times kids grow up kind of almost being groomed, right? They start cheerleading at six years old and they've just done it and done it and done it. And then they all go to this, end up going to the same high school. And even though they all know this really well and can perform very well, you get, we build a, you, you build a strong bond because you guys learn to do it together as, as a group. And you kind of go through those struggles together. Whereas um, maybe some other teams don't have that same kind of, kind of bond, which is great. Um, so what, what advice would you give for a girl that's um, in eighth grade right now and she's she's interested in being a cheerleader at Wheeling High School next year? Yeah, I definitely say go for it. Um, like we always say, like it doesn't matter if you don't have any jumps, if you don't have any tumbling, if you don't know what's going on, because honestly, like 70% of us that do cheer like once we started as freshmen we had no idea what a routine was what a three minute routine was what a pyramid was so honestly like it doesn't matter that you don't know any of that like the, the coaches will teach you like you will learn like it's just like you just have to go at it like regardless if like there's something stopping you no like 
as a team, like Wheeling High School Cheer is definitely very welcoming. Like it doesn't matter. I just, like I said, it doesn't matter if you don't have any skills, like you will learn and then you will learn to be successful as an athlete at cheer. Awesome. So what advice would you give to yourself upon entering high school? Not just about cheerleading, just in general. What what do you think maybe you would say to eighth grade Yureni as she's as she's coming to Wheeling High School? Yeah, as Yureni's coming to Wheeling High School, I'd say definitely be a lot more focused freshman year. Um, your grades do matter from freshman year. Um, although you can <laughs> you can make them better and you can improve, definitely know that. Although you are a freshman, everything does matter from what you do freshman year. There's not something that won't matter from freshman year. And also make sure to um, hang around the people that you do value, not just because, oh, I think they're my friend, just making sure that the people I surround myself actually value. Uh, interesting. So what, what exactly do you mean? if you don't mind diving a little bit deeper about the things that matter from freshman year, what was, what was, uh, what are you talking about there? Like, like the friendship wise? Uh, no freshman year, you were saying like the things from freshman year matter and. Oh yeah. 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 So, um, I, I, like I said, I am a very, like, I need to get straight A's type of person. So I freshman year, I didn't know I wasn't like that as much. Like I, I cared about my grades, but I just like, I guess I could have cared more. So definitely know that they do matter because let's just say when colleges, like if you're applying to like more prestigious colleges, they will look at your freshman year grades. Although they do see that improvement, they also want and want a well-rounded student. Like those grades do matter in like I, I don't know. I just feel like I didn't know that as a freshman. I feel like a lot of kids don't. They'll be like, oh, like, I'll just bring up, like, junior year or, like, I have time to improve my grades. But, like, actually, like, if you – I feel like as a freshman, I didn't know that, like, your grades can give you, like, merit scholarships. Like, if you have better grades, like, you'll get more money in college. So I feel like that's something I didn't know as a freshman. So I feel like that's important. Like, freshman year, any should you think like there was a transition when you came in freshman year like school was harder high school was harder than it was in middle school harder than you expected and you're like oh I have to put more time in this to get the grades that I want or was it kind of like oh you know going into sophomore year or late freshman year you learned about these merit scholarships and how these really good grades throughout high school could help you yeah so actually I didn't even know about I knew that like if you had good grades like you'd be able to get more money, but I didn't actually learn about merit scholarships till I was a senior. Like, I feel like that is something that not just I should know earlier on, but like many students should know because I feel like a lot of students put it off and like, oh, I'll just improve. But um, no, I definitely feel like freshman year, I just like, I didn't see like, it was the transition definitely like, oh, like I'll just do the same thing I did in middle school or like, oh, like I don't really need to study. Like, oh, I've always had good grades, you know? So I feel like it was just definitely that transition to like making myself, I I didn't get bad grades. I'm making it sound like I got like bad grades. I really did it, but it's just like for myself. Like you got like yeah. two B pluses and you're like, oh no, how do I move forward from here? Yes, <laughs> that, that was me, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that's a, it's an interesting take. A lot of times as we move through um, like uh, different phases of life. It's it, constant transitions. You're never in the same space. And once you feel like, oh, I got this figured out, you, you move into something else and you got to start over and, and you're at the bottom again. And um, it's something that just continue continually happens. Um, and hopefully we learn from it. Um, but definitely very interesting because most kids kind of are like, I wish I had been a little bit more relaxed. And you were kind of like, I wish I had been 
a little more into it. So uh, just interesting difference there. Um, so what do you think is success? What do you think would be success for your coaches, um, for you and your team? Um, for me and my, okay, so for track, it'd be definitely placing high. We've always had high expectations as a track athlete, like prior years, like we had like, so I don't know, I'm just going to talk about track because I haven't really talked about track. So my freshman year, we had literally like state placers, like, ha like three, two girls from our team had placed like fifth place, like sixth place. Like it was just like high expectations sophomore years we were sectional champions so and then we lost three of our best girls so we're like wow like we thought they carried our team there's always that term where like they carry for track because they are able to score more points so we're like we didn't know what we were gonna go like into going in like we're like oh like junior year well before co before COVID we're like wow like we, we don't know what space we're in like you know we haven't competed we're all like well, I was a junior now, so I was more of an upperclassman. So, like, I had been on the team for a long time. So, definitely for track was being able to uh, meet our own standards that we've had prior years. So, that was definitely success to our coaches, being able to meet those standards that we've had, keeping that same high standard that we've always had as a winning uh, track team. So, definitely that was success for track. And then for a cheer I switch it over. Uh, for us, success was being able to improve and making sure that uh, we did our best. Like our coaches definitely, like at first we were like, oh, we need to like place, we need to go to state, we need to go to state. And when we didn't go to state our junior year, our coaches were like, you know, like success for us is different. Like success for us was making sure that we hit that routine. We hit zero, we gave it all we had. And honestly, like, even if we looked back, like there was nothing we could have changed because the results were going to be the same. So definitely that was success in that part for my coaches, like just improving and um, making sure that we did our best. That was definitely, that's success for cheer. Awesome. So you talked a little bit about, you have a really good relationship with your dad. What do you think success is to him for you? Um, to success for me, for my dad, for me is just, I guess being happy at what I do. Like my dad doesn't really like say anything or like tell me, oh no, you can't do that sport. No, like you can't try out for that. My dad's just like there. He's just like my background person that he's just like provides everything for me in a way. Like just tells me like, yeah, if you want to try it, go ahead. Like, like I'll be here. Like, you know, like he'll just always be there to support me. He'll be like, oh, like, do you want me to come to your game? Cause like for me, like I don't really like getting watched by like people when I perform and stuff. So like he'll ask me, like he'll ask me, like, do you want me to come? Or like it's just fine if I like just you tell me about it later. So like for me, that's like that's success for me that be me being happy at what I do or just me enjoying what I'm doing. Yeah, it sounds like kind of enjoying it every single day, making sure that you're comfortable every single day and, and doing what what do you think, um, how do you think he feels or about your, um, your aspirations for after school? Do you think like 10 years from now, um, what, what do you think your dad's vision is for you that, that would make him excited or make him happy, um, for what your life might look like? Yeah, my dad definitely wants me to be financially stable. My dad wants me to um, have a career. So definitely if I just have a career by the time he knows that I want to do more. So definitely if he knows that I pursue more education, that he'll be happy with what I do. He just wants to make sure that I love 
a good life where like I am financially stable. I am able to provide for myself. I don't have to come to my parents. My dad just definitely wants me to be able to self. My dad wants me to be independent and he'll be happy. Yeah, for sure. I think that's kind of what all parents want and, and expect and, and are hoping for um, is that their kids can can grow up and, and be self-sufficient and, and run their own lives and do the things they need to do. And hopefully you, you find joy in the things that you choose to do. Um, and it sounds like you've kind of, you're starting to really, really navigate where you're going to go, um, which is awesome. So you're any, I don't have anything else for you. Uh, we're, we're about out of time here. Do you have any other questions, any other thoughts? No, it was just nice talking to you, talking to someone about my experience at Wheeling High School. Awesome. Yeah, it was a blast. You did a great job. I, I had a feeling this was from the, from the jump. I knew this was going to be a good episode. So you did great. All right, Yurani, I'll see you around. Hopefully, I'll see you around the building. If not, uh, you know, have a great graduation and good luck next year. And the thank rest you, of this year. thank you. Well, if you have a season, a wrestling season, good luck. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Take Bye. care. Bye. Bye.